Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we're in week two of our sermon series called Making Sense. And remember, what we're doing in this series is attempting to answer some of the big questions uh, that I think everybody is asking regarding what it looks like to live Christian in, in the midst of COVID-19. So last week, and to open up this series with something that a whole lot of Christians are wrestling with, we got into the question, are we living in the end times? Are we living in the end times? Or are we living at that point in history when Jesus is going to come back, judge the world, and make everything right? And what we discovered as we explored what both Paul and Jesus have to say regarding this question is that it just might be the case that we are living in the end times, but it might not. And all because what Jesus and Paul have to tell us about when the end is going to happen is that Nobody knows except God. Nobody knows when it's going to happen except for God, which ultimately means that as Christians, it's not our job to sit around and discern kind of when all of this stuff is going to happen or try to predict it and all that kind of stuff. No, our job is instead to devote ourselves completely and totally to living for Jesus every single day or to live ready. Because if we'll do that, it doesn't matter if the end of the world or if Jesus comes back today after lunch at Freddy's, or in a thousand years, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Which is ultimately, I think, what's most important for all of us. But now that we have answered the question, are we living in the end times? The next question I think we have to get into, because this is also one of those huge questions that whether you know it or not, you're wrestling with it. And that question is this. Where is God in the midst of this pandemic? Where is God in all of this? Or more specifically, did God cause this pandemic to happen? And if so, why? And then what is God doing to make things better? So how many of you guys have been wrestling with this very issue, right? Nobody has been wrestling with this question, please. Thank you. Let me tell you how this goes. I ask you questions. I don't ask you to respond. Just give me something. All right, so now in regards to answering this particular question, there is no doubt that if you'll turn to the Old Testament, you're going to find a couple of different places where God sends plagues upon the world. The most famous of which is the 10 plagues that God sent upon Egypt in the story of the Exodus. But even though that's probably the story that most people think of when they think of what is going on now, I think the most relevant Old Testament scripture that, that many people use, whether, whether they know it or not, on making sense of what's going on here is chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. Um, because what you're going to find basically going on in the book of Deuteronomy is that Moses um, in this book basically lays out, hey, this is how you follow God's laws. This is what's going on. Follow this, all that kind of stuff. Then after he's done teaching, in chapter 28, he gets into the blessings and the cursings, right? 
And basically what that means, follow this and I'm going to bless you. If you don't follow this, then I am going to curse you. Or to get a bit more specific, let me read some of this stuff to you here. 28.1 says, If you will only obey the Lord your God by diligently observing all of his commandments that I am commanding you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Or I'm going to make you powerful above everybody else. All the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your livestock, both the increase of your cattle and the issue of your flock. Blessed shall be your baskets and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and when you go out. Or basically what Deuteronomy is saying here is that if you will keep God's laws, if you will follow God's ways, then there is nothing in your life that will not be filled to overflowing with God's blessing. Which is warm and fuzzy and we all like that, don't we? Well, then after a short, after a short kind of um, list on how God is going to bless, we then get into this really long list of what happens if you don't keep the law. So this is the start of that. But if you will not obey the Lord your God by diligently observing all of his commandments and decrees, which I am commanding you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your baskets and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your wound, the fruit of the ground, the increase of your cattle and the issue of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. Or what happens here according to the Deuteronomist is if you don't keep God's laws, God is going to curse your bad things are going to happen to you. But where these curses become relevant for how many people are trying to make sense of this pandemic is in verse 22, which basically says this. If you do not keep my commands, then the Lord will afflict you with consumption, fever, inflammation, with fiery heat and drought, with blight and mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. Did you catch that? Let's do it one more time for those of you who are sleeping. Ready? The Lord will afflict you with consumption, fever, inflammation, with fiery heat and drought, with blight and mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. Or in other words, if you do not obey the Lord your God or the Lord our God, according to the Deuteronomist, God is going to send a plague, among other things, that will eventually destroy you. So according to the if-then logic of the Deuteronomist, what some Christians believe is happening today in the midst of this pandemic is that God has sent this plague upon the world because we're not following his ways. Or, or this is God's curse. And I'll let you sit with the ramifications of that for just a moment. That's not nearly as warm and fuzzy as blessed are you when you come out and when you go in. So, what do you guys think? Is this the way that God is at work in the world today? 
Is God the one who is behind all this death, destruction, evil, innocent lives to a certain extent being taken? Is that how God rolls? Is that what's going on here? Well, the truth is for me, and you feel free to disagree. The truth is for me, I really do have a hard time thinking about God in this way. Or I have a hard time thinking that God has purposefully caused all of this to happen, not only to the United States of America and Great Bend and all that stuff, but to the entire world. And the reason I think this is not just because it makes me uncomfortable to think of God in this way, and and no doubt that happens, but it's ultimately something that, that I struggle with because of what Jesus has to teach us about how God loves his enemies. Right? So when I look at Jesus, so uh, the way I make sense of all of Scripture, uh, of all of this, is for me, Jesus is God's final word. He is the one who brings the Old Testament to completion. And so when we're faced with questions like this, uh, what I believe we're called to do as Christians is not go necessarily with what the Old Testament has to say, although you don't throw that out. You go with what Jesus has to say on this because he is the ultimate, the final revelation. He is the one who brings all things to completion. And this is what he has to say, and it's magnificent. Matthew 5, 43 through 48 begins, You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, remember what Jesus is doing in this particular verse using this formula. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you, is that he's basically showing how he has come to give God's final word or to bring the Old Testament to completion. So when Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies, he is referring to the way things used to be. This is the way things used to work, but then brings that to completion by giving the final word by saying this, but I say to you, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. Or simply put, the final word that Jesus gives here is that no longer is it okay to hate those who are your enemies. No, no, no. As Christians, we are called to love our enemies, which is one of the hardest things you will ever do. But here's where things get really interesting. Jesus continues and he says this. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Or notice that what Jesus doesn't say here is that God only causes the the sun to rise on the good and sends rain upon the bad. Or, you know, blesses the good and, and curses the bad, right? Notice that he doesn't say that, but instead says that the sun rises and the rain falls on both good and bad people. Or that good and bad things happen to good and bad people, which, as you guys know, is the world that we live in. You've had some horrible things happen to you in your life that you didn't deserve, and there's been some uh, people who are horrible who have had some great things happen to them that they didn't deserve. That's the world that we live in. So the way I interpret what Jesus is getting at here is not that God is necessarily causing all good and all bad things to happen to all people, but instead is giving us an explanation or pointing out that because we live in a fallen world, full of fallen people who make bad choices, that good and bad things happen to good and bad people. But not as a result of what God is causing to happen, 
but as a result of our choices. Or as a result of, you know, crazy things, mistakes, and all that kind of stuff happening in a world where free will exists. So anybody at this point still paying attention? Thank you. This, oh, these guys over here are paying attention. Yes. So taking that, what I think this ultimately means is that God did not send this pandemic on the world because he is cursing us, but means that in a fallen world or a world where things are not as they're supposed to be, sometimes things like viruses mutating and infecting humans happens. It just happens. What do you guys think? I mean, there, there's something there. I'll let you wrestle with it. I'll let you wrestle with it. But that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Then, to, to kind of take this a, a little bit further, after Jesus makes the point about how if you just love those who love you, you're no better than anybody else, which is clearly a standard that God holds himself to, he then says this, and this is, we, people take this out of context a, a lot and miss what's said here. He says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And what's so interesting about what Jesus is saying here, as many scholars bring to light, is that Jesus is not actually calling us to be perfect here in all ways, but instead calls us to be perfect as he is perfect when it comes to loving our enemies. You have to keep this in context, right? Or what this is about is we are being called to be perfect in loving our enemies as God is perfect in loving his enemies. And where is the place that we have to go to see where God loves his enemies? Where do we go? Huh? We go to the Bible, but specifically what story in the Bible? The cross. The cross is the pinnacle of everything. And what do we find Jesus doing on the cross in response to his enemies? Does he fight back? Does he call down fire? Does he send a plague? Right? You could do that. No, what we find is he responds to the very people who were crucifying him in love. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Which for me really puts into perspective how it is that God responds to his enemies. How it is that God responds to those people who are not keeping his way or how it is that God goes about judging the world. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Come on now. So what Jesus does is he takes the worst thing that has happened to a human being, this, this cross, right? It doesn't get any worse than the cross. And what he does with this instrument of death is he uses that not only to save um, the entire world, but he uses it also to, to die for the very people who are killing him. And so if that's what Jesus, if that's what God does in the world for something that bad, I think you can dang sure bad. That our God is also at work in the midst of this pandemic doing what he has always done. Right? Bringing life 
from death. Taking the evil destruction, panic, and death that is going on in the world, and he's transforming it and using it to cause resurrection to happen. Do you see how that works? He's causing resurrection to happen. And the truth is, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I know we're living in a crazy time. I know we're living in a crazy world. But resurrection and God is at work all around us. How many of you have been watching the TV and watching as these first responders and these people on the front lines are flocking to these hospitals where people are sick to put their lives online so that they can save people's lives and it gave you chill bumps? Yeah. Yeah, you know what Christians used to do in the ancient world? So um, plagues happened all the time. So this is nothing new. Plagues happen in our world. It's a thing that's been going on forever. In the Roman world, they would have a plague in a particular city. And what would happen is all the Romans, when they found out there's a plague going on, what would they do? They would flee, right? They'd leave all their stuff behind. They would flee. But who would they meet on the way out of the city coming back in? Christians. Christians going in because they weren't scared to die and they felt that God called them to go in and help. That's resurrection. That's God doing incredible things. Now, also, another thing that I think we can kind of keep in mind for, for this resurrection is that because of this pandemic, some of you have gotten a break you didn't even know you needed. Or some of you, because of this pandemic, are seeing that your priorities were a little out of whack and you're now seeing that you need to make some changes. You need to do some things differently. And then there's even these stories that I hear of families all the time, right? That are saying to me, hey, my family's doing better than it ever, than it, than it ever has. And the reason they're doing better is not because they chose to spend time together. No, they didn't choose to spend time together. They've been forced to spend time together because what's going on and wouldn't you know it, God showed up in the midst of that and it's connecting them together, growing them closer and closer than, than ever before. Now, I also know that there's some parents that are about to go out of their mind and all that stuff. I get that. Um, but there's been a whole lot of healing that has happened because of what's going on. And that's just another example of God's resurrection. And then I think the most important thing that is going on resurrection-wise in all of this is when people get to the end of their rope, when, when something is so big that they can't handle it themselves, which is what this pandemic rep represents for a lot of people, what they do is they turn to God because they have nowhere else to go, right? And then what they discover when they go to God is what they've been looking for the whole entire time. They find that they're going to be okay even in the midst of a storm that they can't control. They, they, they find they find this peace and joy in life that they would have never, never sought after if it wasn't for what's going on in the world. So I do not think that God caused any of this. I don't think God is mad and he's sending this thing upon the world. I just don't think that's happening. But what I do think is that our God is here, right beside us, walking with us every step of the way, bringing life from death. Which means, in a sense, what we are called to do, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week. As Christians, we're called to do the same thing. We're called to be the very people who don't run in fear, who, who, who don't you know, make huge deals and all that kind of stuff, but go into the places where people are hurting and need help and offering help. Because that's what it means to follow this God we serve, right? 
and you should be cheering. There should be a standing ovation and all. What, what is going on with you people this morning? I, I moved this weekend. Didn't you guys know that? I'm the one who should be tired. I moved. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this morning and the truth is, um, this is one of those questions that, that whether it's consciously or um, unconsciously, it's something that we're all wrestling with. And there's no doubt there's a lot of people out there in the world saying that, that you are this angry God, that you are this God who sends horrible things to happen because of our sin. This is punishment. We deserve this. Uh, but it is my hope that you will show us, Lord, as you revealed in Christ, that, that where you're at in the midst of all of this is not causing it, but instead helping us, meeting us, showing us how to be the solution, taking death and bringing life, setting people free, using this weird circumstance to do things that would never be done without it. So help us, O oh Lord, as your people, Go out into the world and not only find those in need and help, but also to share with the world that this is not God's doing, but God is with us, helping us out. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.